Welcome back, syrup spillers. On today's episode, we are going to be spilling the syrup on photography. We have photographer Scott Heaney on the pod. How are you, Scott? I'm doing really well. Thanks for asking. How are you, Ryan? Awesome. I'm doing good. So I just wanted to know, how's living in New York? Uh, Right now, it's pretty cold, but I mean, I don't think that I can really complain to somebody in Toronto at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but to be fair, you get similar weather kind of there as here. Yes, absolutely. Everybody always asks that, and I'm like, it's pretty much the same. Uh, Slightly marginally colder for you guys, but uh, supposedly we're getting a nor'easter this weekend that could bring like a foot of snow, so we'll be right in the same boat with you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. The snow is coming. There's been a lot of it lately. Yeah, I feel that. Uh, So how has things been working during the pandemic in New York for you? Uh, Actually, not much has changed at all. Uh, I've been remote for the last uh, five or six years to begin with. So it was actually kind of amusing to see everybody that, you know, my friends and coworkers that I worked with who were still in the office uh, just getting used to the remote life and the struggles and, you know, staying focused and all that. Uh, I'm pretty used to it. So not bad. Yeah, for sure. So it's fair to say that you prefer working remote now than to going into the office. Oh yeah, absolutely. I feel like you worked remote before even the pandemic. So you already had that experience as well. Yep, exactly. Um, Awesome. I was well prepared for it. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So what else is new in your life? I know that we uh, we were playing some kind of phone tag because I really wanted to get in contact with you to do this episode. So I'm really excited that we were finally able to link up and you're engaged now. I am uh, actually about a little over a month and that should be getting done. So that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, congrats. That is definitely exciting. Thank you. Thank you. And how's engaged life treating you? Uh, honestly, not too much different. I don't know yeah. if Janine would beg to differ, but um, <laughs> pretty yeah. much the same stuff. Yeah, I'm just curious. Um, can I ask how old you are? Uh, I am 34. Okay. I didn't know that, so I was just genuinely curious. I know with Owen and I, there's a bit of an age gap. Uh He's born in yeah. 89, so yeah, I'm 27, so we're you got a few years on me, so I'm just curious, like, how being engaged is, like, do you feel like an adult, like, progressing? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I mean, yes, right? Like, it mm-hmm. obviously is a, a, a big step, but I feel like everybody kind of strives for at some point in their life. Although I did listen to your podcast with Owen about relationships. So nice. I know that that's like a, a very individual preference for everybody to begin with. But I, I totally agree that it is kind of the, the dream, right? That the Disney kind of ideal stuff that you were talking about, where it kind of feels like a checklist has been marked, right? I mean, yeah, getting older, got to get married, but. Uh, it feels no different in day-to-day life at all. So, Yeah, for sure. I totally agree with you. And I'm so glad you listened to that episode and that you brought that up for any of the listeners that are listening. Please listen to that episode because we really do pour our heart out in that episode. And I think 
it's fair to say just don't feel the pressure to do that if you don't want to. It's whatever works for you at the time that works for you. But I definitely think for you and what I've seen with you and Janine, like it, it's a good time. Your relationship has progressed to this point and that's a huge milestone and it really shows the work that you put into it, especially when it comes to long distance, which I don't know if yes. the viewers wouldn't know that. Like that's huge. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's definitely a testament to, you know, you can overcome a lot of things, including distance. And yeah, uh, this will definitely help with the whole distance thing and hopefully not be long distance anymore. So that's yeah. another step. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So before we talk about photography, I did want to ask you because Owen and I are thinking about trying to live in Belfast and you've lived in Belfast, so I really wanted to get your opinion on that as someone that's not from there, what you think or what you would sort of tell me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Janine was actually just telling me that you guys were planning on that, and I'm pretty excited because that means that when we go back to visit her family, we'll just be able to get a get a beer and hang out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, deaf. <clears throat> uh, I loved it there. I mean... It was the first time that I didn't live in the U.S., so it was a bit of a culture shock. Um, yeah, but everybody, especially being like an English-speaking country, it wasn't that bad. And realistically, there's not that many differences. Uh, the city is beautiful. I loved it. I know there's a lot of weird connotation with the history of Belfast, which you know, I'm sure Janine would even agree that that in some part is true, but I think yeah. it gets a bad rap. And I think over the last, I don't know, decade or so, it's definitely turned around its image. Like the tourism is a big part there now. So there's yeah. a lot of, a lot of fun things to do. It's the country itself is beautiful. So that was one great thing about living there where you're so close to, uh, you can drive across the entire country in two hours or drive down to Dublin in two hours or take a flight a 30 minute flight to how how many different countries right so it's a great hub but i'm excited for you guys to go there i hope that that uh happens soon i don't know what was your timeline for that yeah so uh, thanks so much i was really supportive uh yeah it was supposed to be while well, we're looking at the end of october so around around halloween nice yeah cool. yeah and i think you're right actually i think just the fact that it's attracting people like you and I who are like North Americans come there and we give our own like sort of ourselves and put our own energy into a place. And I think that actually is good for Belfast. And I do think you're right. I do think it does give it, it does have a bad rap because you mentioned the history, but I think people need to have an open mind and realize that this is, this is 2022. We live in a completely different time than the past. So what yes. better what better time to take a chance than now I feel like Absolutely. That's that's exciting. I'm I'm very excited for you living vicariously through you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That is awesome. So I wanted to talk to you about photography because I noticed your style on Instagram and I noticed that you like nature photography. And you often take a lot of pictures in the places that you travel. So I'm just wondering if you could give the viewers a sort of introduction to how you first started to get into photography. Sure. Um, 
So photography, I would say, is relatively, comparatively new in my life. Uh, I'd say the, the majority of my life, music was my creative outlet. And it wasn't really until about 2015 that I started to get into photography and really getting stuck in with that hobby. Um, but it mainly stemmed from just traveling. And it was actually the year that I moved to Belfast where it's a very photogenic city, especially as somebody who's kind of living there as half tourist, half resident. Um, my, I was lucky enough to live like right across the street from city hall, which lights up with pretty colors. There's the login, there's the cave Hill, which overlooks the city. It's right on the coast. So I actually went to Belfast with a, a shitty little, Oh, are we, are we cursing? Is this a, yeah, <laughs> go for it. Yeah. You can cool. say whatever you want. Yeah, definitely. No censorship here. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, yeah. So it was like a, a shitty little point and shoot camera that somebody had give, given me as a gift. And I didn't really okay. know anything about photography, but it did. It did. It worked for what I needed it for. Um, but over the course of the year and then traveling whilst I was there to different countries, I always brought it and experimented more with, you know, doing like long exposures and you see the stuff that's on Instagram and I was trying to replicate as much as I could with the camera and, you know, what I had on hand. So yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't have any formal learning experience with, with photography. I never took any classes, but it wasn't until I think 2017 that I got a DSLR quote unquote real camera, but yeah. also that's n nothing against anybody who has a point and shoot or a cell phone. It's especially with what they're coming out with today, like the technology that exists, you do not need an expensive camera to be into photography or be good at photography or to get paid with photography. Like literally any smartphone that's been created in the last couple of years, you is fine. But at the time, that was my gateway to like getting more into it and became the obsessive hobby that it has become. Yeah, I didn't know that music was like your start in your creative outlet. What did you you play music? I think were you in a band? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I was. I've been in a few. Wow, I didn't I I think I did know that. I'm sure maybe Janine had mentioned that to me at some point, but I I forgot about that, but that's really interesting. Yeah, uh I mean from the time I was in like middle school through high school and college and after that, yeah, that was my main hobby, what I put all my time and effort into. What uh, kind of music was it? Like pop punk. Okay, Emo, love it. Punk. Yeah. Uh, the whole, <laughs> funny enough, the When We Were Young Festival, I don't know if you've seen that yes. whole big thing on like TikTok and Instagram. Uh, so pretty much all of those bands on on that bill are my childhood. <laughs> like, oh my I actually gosh. really, I would really like to go, except for the fact that it sold out in two seconds and it might be a scam. So, you know. <laughs> so true it might be a scam i've definitely seen d similar concerts going around that definitely turned out to be a scam so you're definitely right but yeah it seems amazing i also liked that kind of music for a, a long time yeah same 
Yep. Well, I mean, I still, <laughs> still, I don't yeah. have a a very big selection of new music that I listen to on Spotify. Let's just <laughs> put it that way. Yeah, modern music too is different, and I feel like some of it is just not the same as that. The style yeah. has changed. I'm hoping for a bit of like a reboot, like a reinvention. Yeah, which I think is happening actually. I mean, a lot of people are hate on this new generation of it being restarted, but like the whole uh oh, what's his face? Machine Gun Kelly. Yes. And yep. Rodriguez, Olivia Rodriguez, is that her name? Rodrigo or Rod- uh, Olivia Rodrigo, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like her <laughs> that that song that she put out and I feel like there's a whole big boom of artists like that who are kind of doing that pop punk sound, which is pretty cool to hear. I mean, a lot of people hate on it who are just old, elder emo gatekeeper people. But I mean, if it gets people back into listening to that style of music and playing instruments and going to shows, like who cares? Who cares if he used to be a rapper? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And Olivia Rodrigo took a lot of her inspiration from Paramore, I believe. So yeah, you're definitely right about that. We do not stand no gatekeeping here. (laughs) Yes, agreed. Uh, But I that's wow, that's really interesting. So yeah, the bar for entry, I feel like is low when it comes to photography, as in you don't you can start with just simple equipment, and then you can progress up as you kind of develop your craft, which I think is Really great for everyone out there that's interested in it. So you mentioned something that I did want to ask you about, and that is, if, is it a good thing or is it a bad thing that everyone thinks that they're a photographer with iPhones now? <laughs> uh, it can be both. Um, I would say, like you just mentioned, it's great that there's such a an achievable bar for somebody to get into it. Uh, does it diminish... <sighs> Does it make it harder for people who used to be just your traditional, you know, like event photographer, you know, wedding content? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say like weddings are still, there's a lot of things that you can get away with cell phones and whatnot. I would say weddings are probably still on the outskirts of that, but like product photography for companies you know just doing product shoots that you could definitely do with a white box and an iphone um yeah so i guess i can see why people would be annoyed that it's kind of like taking work away from air quote real photographers but as you said i think it's ultimately in my experience it leads people that if you actually really care about photography in general and the art of it you're gonna wind up getting a different camera and you're gonna explore what you're able to do because while cell phones definitely have incredible technology these days there is still a limitation right like Mm -hmm. all of the the portrait mode and night mode like sure that's creating kind of like an artificial well especially portrait mode right like you're creating artificial depth of field you want the blurry soft background but it's not perfect like you can tell a lot most of the time right where the edges of your subject are kind of like all like jagged and crispy and weird and there's artifacts and you know you're not really going to see that in a magazine or 
on a website yeah for the most part so i i think there's still a pretty solid line of what would constitute acceptable in each so i don't see there being a problem i think it's a good thing that so many people can just get into it that way yeah for sure and i feel like magazines are kind of in its league of their own as far as the finished product is so high and the quality is so high anytime i see it so yeah for sure but what so you mentioned a lot of things that go into photography so i feel like it's it's lighting it's framing it's composition i'm trying to show that i know some professional terms (laughs) here how do you take the perfect picture because and i know this from owen too and you mentioned depth of field like these terms i had no idea about any of this before and then once he started telling me and just simple things that i do do in photos and alter it make the photo look so much better yeah um (laughs) there is no real answer Uh, if you're your base question there was what makes a good photo? Yes. Did I hear that right? Yeah. Um, So, I mean, like the most annoying answer that I could give is art is subjective and there is no (laughs) right or wrong, which is very much the case. Um, That is a correct statement in my mind, but I mean, as long as it's like properly exposed, right. As long as you have detail in the photo and it's sharp, unless motion blur is something you're trying to achieve in it but right there's there's just so many different things that would make a photo great um personally yeah i I would say with portrait and wedding and all that stuff you do want to have a nice shallow depth of field which comes into play with what lens you're using and you know the aperture of the camera of the lens actually um but yeah there's a million ways to answer that question and almost everybody will probably disagree with most of the stuff i say and have their own opinion which is kind of the fun right it is kind of the fun and it's definitely the world we live in everybody's got an opinion everybody wants to share it but today you are the expert and i'm consulting with (laughs) you because there's a lot of modern trends out there like there's instagram and is it is it v visco is that is that right? My VSCO uh, actually is that the app that edits photos for you? I feel like there's a lot of apps that you can download that do that for your photos. Yes, uh, so I have actually never heard of that app. Oh, okay. You mentioned, um, but I do know that there's a lot of of apps that do different stuff and do sky replacements and oh. auto edits and all that stuff, which I don't necessarily ever use Um, okay uh yeah uh, no i don't use them (laughs) so you don't yeah so you don't use them so that's fair to say so and i just wanted to go back to something you said so you were talking about exposure so do you remember when selfies became a thing and i think it's when people would overexpose them is that right is that what they were doing uh sure uh (laughs) so I mean, I guess I, I think I know what you're talking about, where it's just like super bright. Yeah. Like background is being. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. So that technically would be overexposed. And I don't really know. I don't know if that was just like how it was edited. Or yeah. Because obviously the cell phone, like you're not really 
adjusting manual controls, right? Like you're not <laughs> right bumping up different settings on your phone. If anything, what what generation iPhone do you think that was? Just curiosity. <laughs> That's a good point. I would say that was definitely like iPhone four. I like era. Yeah. The good old days. So I don't even think that you could like, could you really press and hold on somebody's face to get it locked in? I don't even know if that feature existed yet. No, I don't think so actually. Yeah. So I'm sure it was just taking the photo and then clicking edit and raising the exposure, the brightness. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that, if you were to take that with a DSLR or a mirrorless camera, that would definitely be the situation where you would want to overexpose. Well, you're exposing for the face. So the background is going to get blown out because it's probably going to be brighter. Right. That's true. Yeah. And I don't see that being something that usually people do now and post it and think that it's cool. So times have changed. Yeah. I still like that style though. I think. Yeah. It's, I mean, it could still be like a very airy, kind of like dreamy look, I guess. Yes, that's very true. Yeah, it is very airy, very dreamy. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. And sometimes you're feeling like you're in an artsy mood. Like I like black and white sometimes or different, you know, different styles like that. Just making it different, like being very moody and showcasing that. Yeah, absolutely. I think event like engagement and wedding Shots often have that like really airy, dreamy, bright background look, or at least I don't like the faded matte black, right? Like there's no true black in the photo. It's a very, very trendy current wedding look. That's true. It's actually very good vibes when you look at those photos. Everybody looks happy. It's very bright. So you feel that mood. Yep. So a lot actually goes into photography. Is there any photography you don't like? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it definitely probably depends on the mood I'm in and what kind of, what the person's going for. Yeah. I'd say maybe the one thing I would say is, and I wouldn't even consider it, photography as much as digital art but um like composites and sky replacements i think it goes in its own category where somebody takes a bunch of photos or puts a bunch of ads things into the scene uh digital manipulations right which is an incredible art form and i think people do are out there who do it amazingly but I feel like sometimes it's passed off as photography where people just think that it's real. I'd say that's the one thing that could tends to annoy me. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to say tends to. It has in the past on occasion. <laughs> okay, that's fair. So this might not be... The, I, I'm just going to say this because this memory just became unlocked in my mind. But do you remember, I think it was a program on Windows... And it was, you could put your face of like your photo and then the faces in the photo inside in another person's body. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I just thought of when you mentioned that. 
Yeah, yeah, I I do know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> right? Remember that? Wow. Yeah, good times. Good times, yeah. Well, what inspires you? Because I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, or you might have mentioned this as well, you're, you're into nature, and you also mentioned that you take a lot of photos of the places that you go. And I think that really makes the city in which you live in come alive because you're really showcasing the spirit of that city by showing its landmarks, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I always used to say I was a landscape slash travel photographer, but I think the more that I've thought about it, I would say travel should actually come before landscape just because a lot of, I'd say the majority of photos that I take have some sort of man-made structure like some aspect of where it is like a a lighthouse a bridge a skyline whatever whatever the case may be but i forget who said it. it it definitely was on like a youtuber's video that i watched at some point a while ago who said that travel photography doesn't necessarily mean that you're taking photos while you're traveling it's just photography that makes other people want to travel. And I think that was a great, great line, however he phrased it, because that's true. And especially the last year and a half or two years, whatever we're coming up on with the world being madness and nobody being able to travel. But yeah, you know, I, I think I still take a lot of travel photos of Long Island, even though I'm not personally traveling, but they're the type of photos that you would probably see, you know, like for tourism of the area. Yeah. Um, that's for sure. Yeah. And yeah, I, I don't know why, I guess maybe if I lived in like Scotland and I just had a mountain on my doorstep, I would probably be completely reversed and I would do landscape ahead of travel, but there's not that much, you know, there's only so many photos that you can just take of, the beach with you know no actual subject right like you could take as many photos as you want of a mountain because that's always changing and it's massive and it is a subject but i just find myself drawn to lighthouses and boardwalks and bridges and yeah when in toronto like the cn tower even though that's i actively when i'm in toronto try not to take photos of the cn tower just because I want to challenge myself and it never works. I can't do anything <laughs> without like anytime I'm planning to go out and take photos, I wind up researching where I should be, where the CN tower is in, you know, where the sun's setting or where the moon's rising. Yeah. It's a bad habit. But, <laughs> <laughs> but in the, sim- in the simplicity in some of the photos, as in you said, you can only take so many photos of the beach, but you, it's the stunning aspect of when you really capture it, like you make people see this in a way that maybe they've never seen it before. And one of the photos I believe that you took a while ago was, I think there was a streetcar in the back in Toronto and there was a bunch of lights going through the photo like it was like slow motion slowed down i think yeah that is so nice so stunning thank you yeah i I personally love light trails and you know doing a long exposure where the shutter just stays open for the entirety of the photo while cars or trains or streetcars are moving through the scene 
and that's you get the light that streaks. I love doing that kind of stuff, which works really well in Toronto since you guys have an abundance of moving vehicles. Yes, yeah. And I do agree with you that the mountain in Scotland, that would never get old. I mean, that's just nature is one of the most beautiful things that we have. I think. Yes, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. What is your favorite picture you've ever taken? Ooh, that's a, that is a tough question that I do not know that I have an answer to. Um, man, I don't, I actually have no idea. There's a lot. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking of your Newfoundland pictures too. Like you, they are really nice. Thank you. Uh, that was a very cool experience. Um, the whole iceberg tour that we went on. Um, I would say that's probably one of the coolest things that I've taken a photo of. I don't know that it, like we weren't out there for sunset. There was no, what's the right way to say it? There, there was nothing that like stood out about the photographs that I took for me personally. Like, yeah, you know, there's no way to do a long exposure. Like there's no light trails on a, on a boat in the middle of the day. Right. But I mean, it's a huge ass light uh, iceberg in the middle of the, the ocean. So there's kind of nothing that's going to beat that. Yeah. I think you can see the passion and talent for what you do in those shots. And I feel like you can also see the appreciation of where you're living, wherever you're living, whether it's, you know, you're based in New York or if it's, if you're abroad, like you definitely are able to capture even those feelings of wanderlust too, which is now something I've been thinking about too, as we mentioned in the beginning of the episode, moving, possibly moving and moving to uh, live in another country. And the photos are just a fun part of that. And I do think the travel photos do people see that and they do think, oh, that's actually, they're shook because they're like, this person actually did that. And that seems really fun. And maybe I should do that too. And it encourages them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that emotion is what you're trying to invoke with a photo and just, especially if it's a, of a very specific landmark or destination. Uh, Newfoundland, actually, as you brought up, that was a great place because even the naturey places that didn't necessarily have man-made landmarks are pretty recognizable. And I think that's like a big thing, right? It doesn't need to be a, a skyline, but if there's a rec- recognizable feature, so all the different coves and the mountains and yeah, I, I guess the icebergs themselves, I'm, although they come and go, they're not permanently there, but you would know probably from a photograph, especially if you had ever been there, like, oh, this was taken from this spot. So yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely the goal to invoke that emotion of you want it to go there, be there, you miss someplace or, you know, just being outside, getting outside, enjoying yourself. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And I feel like because, it's it's got its own unique history down there. I believe it was the last province to join Canada, so it's 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 already unique based on that. And it's kind of small enough, I think, that you can kind of you can get like your bearings on it and see it and explore it. And I'm did you ever do Signal Hill when you were there? 
Yes. Yeah. We, um, so nice. Beautiful. Yeah. I think we went there twice because that's right by St. John's, right? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was amazing. I think we were up there for a sunset, maybe the first night that we were there and the weather was just insane. There was a rainstorm over the water, like a crazy vibrant sunset over St. John's. And then there was like these rolling clouds that were coming over Signal Hill and then just kind of evaporating into the sunset. It was oh, wow. Wild. That's so nice. Yeah. The, I definitely would love to go back to Newfoundland because we only made it up to, uh, I'm not going to remember any of the names of the places. <laughs> <laughs> we went straight up the East Coast from St. John's. So we didn't go to the national park that's in the north. Didn't go to the west coast at all. So okay, a, a trip back there is definitely in my future. Yeah, hopefully Janine comes. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I think she will. I think it sounded like she really would enjoy it as well, and d- did enjoy it. And I feel like we should just all travel because I'm really just selfish, and I just want you to take my photo. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Let's make it happen. Okay, awesome. You will have an entire album full of, of epic photos in front of cool looking places. Yes. I'm so lucky. That's so cool. Well, I want everyone and all the syrup spillers to know your Instagram, if that's okay, because I think they should follow you and I think they should give your photography some love, like your photos and whatnot. So what, where can people see your photography? Well, I very much appreciate that. Thank you. Um, on Instagram, I am at Scoat, which is S-K-O-A-T. And everybody always asks me why that is my name. And I don't know. That's what somebody nicknamed me in like middle school. Oh, really? And it's just kind of stuck. I, yeah. I was, nice. I, ironically, it's a great thing on Instagram now. Like anytime that I, especially photographers or you know, people who are trying to get like followers and stuff. Anytime that they see my name, they're like, wow, like a five character name. Like, nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, like it would be way better if it was just at Scott. That would be very cool. Um, but, you know, beggar scampi choosers. Oh, my God. Scoat it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I, I was thinking at first I thought it was your last name. And then I'm like, no, that's I don't think that's right. I've, I, I I knew that your last name was was Heaney. So, yeah, no, that would be a really funny name, though. Scott's good. Yeah, it would. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, and I was just thinking that, too. I'm like, I, I'm glad that you explained the name because I was definitely thinking that. Yeah, I've. <laughs> It is funny. I feel the need to explain it. And I'm sure like most of the time people are just like, I don't care why you tell me this. I'm like, well, on the off chance that you were wondering, like, no, it's not my actual first name. Yes, I realize that's not how you spell my first name. <laughs> it just was available at the time. And yeah, now it's yours. Thanks, thanks Ryan. <laughs> no. Pretty sure. Pretty sure it was. Oh, it was actually a kid named Ryan. <laughs> really? Stop. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, kid. No way. I kid you not. Well, now it's yours and you own 100% of it. And sometimes I think it's nice to have a handle that's not your name because it just feels more creative that it's not your name. 
I agree. I mean, I've thought about changing it to more of a like photography based handle a bunch of times. And then I'm like, well, then people aren't going to know that it's me because I feel I've just had that username for as long as I can remember. So not that, first of all, I know that not that many people (laughs) would actually notice or care, but you know. I don't like change. So yeah, Scoat, it stays. No, I actually think you make a good point. I think you're absolutely right. Sometimes you build a brand and you build that recognition around the name. And sometimes when you change the name, it, I ask myself and I see it and I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but I see it in other artists and other industries that do it. And I, I sometimes, sometimes there's a good reason for it. And sometimes I think, I don't think there is a good reason for it. I think people know you as this and I don't even, I don't even like the new name. yeah no that's that's very true i've i've seen that happen and definitely have told people in the nicest way possible like yeah you should go back to your old name (laughs) (laughs) yeah well scott it was an absolute pleasure having you on the pod thank you so much for taking the time to come talk to us about photography definitely got me inspired to post a few photos on Instagram and I hope everyone out there feels the same and has learned a few pointers about photography. Thank you so much for the kind words. Uh, It was an absolute blast. I had a great time talking to you. You too. And for anyone that is listening, I would really appreciate it. If you could go on Spotify and please rate the podcast if you like it. Because then it boosts the podcast and the algorithm and hopefully more people have will see it. And I really do appreciate that. And I really do hope that this new personal intimate style that I've been trying to convey to y'all is resonating and that you enjoy it and that you really feel like you're part of the community. So thank you for listening to this conversation. And until next episode, goodbye.